welcome to the Trade Mastermind Podcast. This is the Trade Secrets Series. I'll be your host, Joseph Valente, and this is the number one podcast for the trade and construction industry. We are the secret to starting, scaling, and growing your trade or construction business. I'm not sure any of you know me or not, but I'm, in my own opinion, just a humble man that's gone to work. But before I start on my journey, I want to talk about two business people that any of us, one in particular, could be. One is Jeff Bezos and the other is Bill Gates. So let's look at them and they're two of the richest men in the world that have built businesses. But Jeff Bezos to me is a legend of a businessman. Here's the reason why. He did something simple. He sold books online. That's all he did. And has turned it into one of the dominant sales companies in the world. Just by doing what any of us could have done sold books online. And if we hold that thought for a minute, <clears throat> it then tells you what anything is possible. So my journey, when you put it into the perspectives of that, isn't much. But today, I own a billion pound company. I have a, a net personal wealth of in excess of 800 million pounds. And our borrowings to our companies are less than 8%. Why does that make a difference? <clears throat> Makes a big difference. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, that's what we all started our journey for, to make money, to make our families better, to put ourselves in a better position. <clears throat> and the one thing that I love is construction trades. Plumbers, roofers, drainage, tarmacers. <clears throat> tarmacers. And I was the original tarmacker that went out knocking on doors. That was my job. And listen, comes with an awful lot of criticism, being a gypsy. No bones about it, it comes with a stigma. Liars, cheats and thieves. So for me, there was a hurdle that I had to get over. I finished working and knocking on the door and doing roofing and tarmac when I was about 17. And I went into hire vehicles <clears throat> and sales of vehicles and I went bankrupt at 20. And I can only tell you, and I'm telling you now when I repeat it to myself, the hairs on my neck are standing up. Because at 20 years old I had a murmur, a heart murmur and collapsed across the decks. And I was fit. I used to box, boxed all the way up till I was 25, had 62 amateur fights. So I was fit. Wasn't the type that's going to go overweight and fall over the desk. It was through stress that done that. And that held me back and still holds me back to this day. Because what it did was gave me a fear factor. Before that, I was brave on every level. 
would take every opportunity and every chance. But we get to learn by experience of things that happen to us. But there is one thing that happened which held me back in my life massively. And I was, this is a true story by the way. I was 14 years old, knocking on doors, and I took a job off of a man to tarmac his driveway. That man was called Mr. Hambro, who owned Hambro Bank, Hambro Trust, Hambro Pension. I don't know who he was. He didn't know I was 14. Me and my dad roll up, tarmac his driveway. And he says, you haven't got any more tarmac. Pretty much, yes, as much as you want. He takes us down to an estate and we tarmac three miles of road, which was just unheard of. We were wheelbarrows and rakes, not barber greens and machine rollers. Imagine the catapult. And this man didn't like my dad, but he really liked me. And he said to me, he said, Master Best, you're wasted. Why don't you come and do your entrepreneurial shit with me? I'll mentor you. Absolutely a true story. And in my mind, because I had this mentality that I was sharp and I was knocking on doors and I was at the cold face of doing it, I knew better. At 14. And who better would I want than my dad? That cost me massively because if I'd have taken him on board, I'd have been ahead of the game by 10 years by having him mentor me. It was a massive mistake in my life. And I never understood the value of being mentored until I got to 25. And I often think back to Mr. Hanbro, and me and my other half went out the other night and we met his son. In a, in a club, in a members club in London. And I recanted and told him the story. He said, did that time come with a guarantee? But sadly not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and he remembered it. And he was the same age as me. And, uh, <clears throat> 21. Anyway, <laughs> he was the same age as me. And he remembered us doing the job. And I looked at him and, you know, luckily for me, he knew who I was now. He didn't know it was the same person that came at their road. And it's the people around us, the people that are guiding us through our life, that are going to get us on the next step, run of the ladder, and the next part step of the ladder. So now I'm a massive advocate of mentoring. A massive advocate. I think it's one of the few things that our education system is lacking. Because our education system is broken. I'm telling you it's broken and I'll prove it to you. I would think most of us in here can drive a car. But when we went to take our driving test, we got in there and we did our theory. I cheated. No, we did our theory. And then we didn't get our driving license 
and say, carry on, you're now driving a car. You had to sit beside your instructor. You had to do the practical. And that's where our education system lets us down. Gets you to do all the theory, but no practical. I actually believe we need to be doing that practical to learn the pain. And a, a friend of mine, Peter Ebdens, was a world champion snooker player. I knew him quite well and I knew his, uh, his coach quite well. And he was training uh, playing snooker for the world championship. And that was his coaching. His coach turned up, who wasn't his coach at the time. He said, this is not training. He said, you need to know what it feels like when you miss a ball and you go and sit down for 45 minutes in the corner Sweating, are you going to get back to the table? How do you deal with that stress? And it was that that I got again about the mentoring. Dealing with the issues before they're here, understanding them, and that's the input of not just being academically prepared, but being mentally aware and mentally prepared. So, speeding forward, at the age of 19, I genuinely was a millionaire. In my mother's life, I'd made it, and I wasn't a millionaire because I was earning £100,000 with 10 times the annual company. I had a £550,000 house, I had a £350,000 van pitch, I had £200,000 worth of stock, and I was making £150,000 a year just out of business. When I was 19 to 20, I was flying. I thought that I could walk on water. I was actually brilliant. And I wish that young man would be standing on this stage today. Because I'm half the man to what I was then. Because when I did collapse, I collapsed so badly. And I went into a thing where the house had a £150,000 mortgage. The £550,000 house became £100,000. The van pitch. 350,000 became worth 110 with 125. I was in a horrible place with negative equity. I'm sure all of us remember that. It was the most harrowing thing in the world where you'd bought this asset that you'd love, sweat, blood and blisters. Forgive me. To get it. And there you are, for some unknown reason, this word recession comes in and it's like them putting a board around saying, toxic, don't enter. What I didn't realise, and I realise to this day, that negative equity, which caused me to have the murmur, caused me to collapse, 20 years old, was my saviour. Genuinely was my saviour. Reason being, the banks didn't repossess. Because I managed to move out the house. I put a mattress in the back of an escort van, slept back in the escort in the back of the van, got a quilt, rented out the house, rented out the pitch, put every van. I did what it took to get by. But the banks didn't repossess the property. And slowly, the wheels started turning again. I went and got a job 
in a mobile phone shop. And I had to look for a business that was busy. So, and there wasn't many in 1990. And I came across takeaway foods, the ones that were next to schools were busy, and mobile phones. Now mobile phones were new. It was like the digital Bitcoin currency of the 90s. It was like, hold on, there's a, a phone without a wire? It was crazy. It was crazy stuff. And I got in that market. I got a job for £65 a week. You can imagine how I felt. I felt as small as that. Because I was driving a brand new 911 convertible Porsche. What I had to sell to get out of trouble. I just absolutely was beaten. But I knew there's only one way up when you're down. And that is up. Because the only other way is burying yourself. And I'm never prepared to do that. But what it did do was took away my confidence. And my God, do I wish I'd have had Mr. Hambro in my corner mentoring me through that. Because I had to do it on my own. My dad or is my idol, but is a rough and ready traveler man. He wasn't eloquently educated enough to guide me through. He had his own worries and his own problems. My mum is a, a woman built of steel, but her way is shut up and get on with it. You understand? Sometimes we all get cocooned in our mind. So I got the job. I worked there for six weeks. I learned how to the industry worked. It was real simple. It was just buying A and selling B. And you became more knowledgeable. In 18 months, I had 18 stores. Because I'd left there, opened up. And I did it with zero. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. All the shops that were shut, I went and knocked on the doors of the agent and said, can I take your shop on? I'll pay the rates, but they're rent free. So I ended up with 18 stores rent free, selling a product that everybody wanted because you didn't sell them. You basically gave them away. You got the kickback of the commission from the airtime providers who were trying to build their network. Believe it or not, the commission you got paid was £550 in 1991 for a business tariff mobile phone on either Cellnet or Vodafone. I built 18 stores. Then I set about buying the shops that were getting no rent. So I bought the shops, put them on a mortgage, so now the business was growing. I then sold out the business to a subsidiary of Vodafone. I made 5.5 million pounds of it. This is in a period of three years. I then doubled the value of my property because my property was now rented to a blue chip company. Sometimes the simple things are simple. It's only us that makes them difficult. We'll give up the
But the most telling point is this. When I got to 30, and I'm sorry that I'm giving you 20 years or 30 years worth of history in 10 minutes, but always better off in punch When I got to 30, I had a net worth of five million pounds. And I thought that was all the money in the world. And please believe me, it is. It is a fortune of money. And if somebody says to me, why were you going to work? I was going to work for money. I wanted a better life. I didn't want to be poor. I didn't want to be the traveler on the side of the road that was actually still cooking on a pot. That's not what I wanted for my life. So I went to work for financial gain. Why am I making it so poignant that I'm saying that? Because we get criticized for it. We get criticized to want a better life. We got criticized for wanting to go to work for money. Well, that's great for you because you obviously haven't got to worry about it. You know, what I say to people that want to go and talk about Greenpeace and talk about the ozone layer and talk about the carbon, I say this, you're, you're in a privileged position to be able to do it. Because if you're starving, you can't do it. Put yourself in that position, then try and worry about carbon credits. Sorry to be so blunt. But that's my view on it. But, so how did I get, and that took 20 years to get to that point. The next 20 years, I went from 500 million to a billion pounds. How? And I swear this is the God's honest truth. And this is about the learning and about the missing of the mentor that I didn't have. Now, I have mentors in different areas because I need them. I found my passion where I no longer was going to work for money. And that passion, who better to buy a mobile home or a caravan? Somebody that's lived in one, breathed in one, brought up in one all their life. A gypsy. And I found my passion. I found my passion. And it was something that I got up in the morning and eat, breathed and slept. I found a solution to the affordable housing. Not could be, not would be, a solution. I did an interview with Nigel Lafarge and I told him, and he was like, he couldn't believe what I was saying. And then it's not being picked up by the government. The reason it's not being picked up by the government is it's not financially viable for the government. They want affordable housing to pay them as well as it be affordable housing. Park home living is the solution to affordable housing. I love it. I eat it with a spoon. So I found my passion. And when I found my passion, but the reason I found my passion was because I was financially secure. That's the honest truth. But I could be, in my opinion, worth 10 billion at the same point in my life now if that hadn't happened to me when I was 20 because it mentally scarred me of what can happen 
you're coming down there and you're just thinking, what, yeah, what, putting the ball in the back of the net every time. And then all of a sudden, somebody takes the net away and your ball. And you're standing there with your kit on and everybody's looking at you. That's how it feels. So I never forget where I've come from. I never forget where I'm trying to go. But most importantly, I know where I can go back to. A man has to know where he's from in life and remember where he is from to know where he's going. And anybody that gets stuck up themselves too much, you normally see them fall on their sword. Because what they're doing is starting to believe their own hype. And it's something I try and rein myself in with on a daily basis. You know, someone comes up and asks my advice, it feels good. But I rein myself in when I give that advice. Because I think to myself, hold on, am I giving them the right advice or is it the right advice for me? My advice for me, what I'd give myself, may be different to what I'd give you. And I'll go back again. That's where a mentor comes in place. But the most important thing is that the mentor is qualified on what they're mentoring you for. Not just a family friend who's an expert in frigging everything. Sorry, just we've all got them. We've all got them. You want the expert in the field they're doing. And if I can explain a little bit more simple, simplistic for me, you don't ask a tiler to do your electrics if you want it done right. And you don't ask an electrician to do your tiling if you want it done right. You go to the expert to get it right. Now, I feel blessed to be on this stage. But the important people here today are you, not me. I've told you about my journey and I've got another... I believe, at least 40 years worth of business left in me. Because I'm not stopping where I'm at. My goal, and I swear this to you, is to create a dynasty. My family name is to be the Rothschilds or the Hambrights because I have the opportunity to do it. And I've seen people like Jeff Bezos sell books and do it. So that means any of us can do it. It doesn't matter what we're doing, whether we're tarmacking drives, building walls, tiling houses, it's about building the business so it systematically gets you there. But the passion must be there to get you to the big time. I thought I was at the big time. The difference between five million and a billion is this. A million pound fits in a suitcase. A billion pound is from there to there square. People forget the difference. Have I got a billion pound? No. It's like a soldier. I make money. That money comes back to me, and then they're like little soldiers, I send them out again to conquer more soldiers and bring a few more soldiers back. It's a game that we're playing. Got to enjoy that game. 
And I go back to what I said earlier about you being the special people here. Do you know why you're so special? Is you've took your time to come to these events, to learn, and you only need to pick up one thing, just one. Don't try to learn a hundred. One thing that equates to you that will change your business steadily. And there is another point that I want to make about a mistake that I made in my life, which held me back by three years. Because I've gone back through my life and quantified where I needed to be and which part of the ladder. Success is real simple. It is a ladder. Don't look left. Don't look right. Take one step at a time and stay focused on your goal. Don't try. All of a sudden you get a little bit up and you get friends, family come at you. Acquaintances. I've got a great investment for you. It's going to do that. Well, why don't you do it? It's so good, it's going to make thought. Why are you doing it? Why am I the, why am I the lucky guy? You're the lucky guy because he sees you as doing well, but he doesn't want to tell you you're doing well. He wants some of it. I've seen it, and I'm sorry to be so cynical, but I'm not. I'm a realist. So success is that ladder of keeping climbing. And now when you get to a certain amount of success, you then decide you want to be successful in another field. That's called enjoyment. Called branching out. You just got to make sure the ladder's tied to the wall. Because while you take your foot off that ladder and put your foot over here, the ladder becomes weaker. You make sure it's on a solid footprint. Now I have 17 different businesses now. I have Wildcrest Park. These are the main businesses. I have Wildcrest Park, Wildcrest Holiday Park, Best Park Home Finance, Wild Wild events. We buy tickets, sell tickets, sort events out for people. I have Varun Motorhome Hire. I have Nomad Conversion Campus. There's a number, uh, Sapi Golf and Country Club, uh, East Thurrock Football Club. But all of those people, all of those businesses were bought on solid foundation. They were bought with the right teams in place. But I have got a number of failures that I've had. Please believe me. I don't even want to mention them. <laughs> but trust me, yeah, they, they were chronic failures. But I was at a point in my life where I could make those failures, learn from those failures, not to do them again. Failure is not something to be frowned upon. Failure is something to be embraced because you're now starting again with knowledge. Just don't do it twice, because then it's not failure, it's a choice. There are some wonderful business people that I've managed to meet over my life. And when I come to events like this, I feel so privileged, it's beyond belief. I really do. It is one of the things that I'm privileged about. There's some great people in this room. Please believe me. Great people. And the reason I say this 
So as any man that is willing to learn, is willing to earn. And any man that's willing to earn, is willing to invest. But there is only one thing that will do it. Persistence and consistence. And these are not made up words, I'm telling you now. Persistence and consistence will be any type of I'm the best skills man in the world. He who trains harder stays longer. Persistence and consistence is success. I'm going to end up very shortly, but and then we're going to, if it's okay, we'll do a questions and answers, but uh, a Q&A. But there's just one thing I want to finish on and go back to what I said about people being special in this room. I wish to God that I'd have been going to events like this when I was 20. I really do. My mistakes would have been less. Would I have still made them? I'd have made a few of them. Of course I would have done. But how many times have people like us made mistakes? And the moment we're making it, we go, hold on. I was told about this. And it stops the mistake becoming greater than it should have been. And one other thing as well that I want to say, which is important. I have not been a good family man, not been a good father, because I gave my life to my businesses. That was a choice I don't regret. But what I did give my family was a better standing in life. Could I be criticised for that? Yes. Did I give them the time of loving that I should have? No. My son, who is very successful, and this year, I'm quite proud, because we're the first son, father and son, that will appear in the Sunday Times Ripley that are self-made. That I'm extremely proud of him for. Extremely proud of him for. And he's, and he's done it on his own. Have I helped him? Have I guided him? Yes. Have I given him an investment? No. Not unless I thought it was right. But he did a podcast. And uh, in the podcast, he said, my dad was hard. He said, there was no quarter given on advice of business. It was how it was. When we boxed, because he trained as a boxer and he's a professional fighter today. He said, he trained me like a pro. I did. He said so. And we never lived the life of extravagance when we could. He said because every penny that comes through the front door, he'd make sure he'd invest. Well, I watched the podcast. So the same people came and did a podcast with me. And they said, what's the hardest thing that you've ever done? I said, being hard to my kids. I said, because the easy thing was to give. I said, but I don't want them to become a victim for somebody else. I said, but it's their choice what they then do for their children. So my next goal is to now build Wildcrest Parks into not Europe's biggest residential park home provider, but the world's biggest. And I will. I will. And to create a legacy that lives on long before me. And I hope and I bless that everyone in this room does the same. Thank you. My name's Alfred. 
head over to www.trademastermind.co.uk to find out more or follow us on social media at Trade Mastermind or at Mr. Joseph Valente.